Well, good morning, folks. Here we are in our study of the book of Revelation. Welcome to all you folks in Christian coffee time, those that come in to uh, have a listen and uh, study this wonderful portion of Scripture. Tremendous amount of things in here for us and some, uh, some great things to study out. Don't forget to have your paper and your pencils and all that ready to write the stuff down to cross-reference things. And we'll get going on that right away. This is video number 32, Revelation 16, verses 1 to 20. And I'll entitle this, this is about the, the last plague of God's wrath and Armageddon. This is uh, setting up Armageddon. As we saw, chapter 15 kind of set up these plagues. These plagues are setting up the uh, time of Armageddon. And Armageddon will be the end of the wrath of God just before the Lord Jesus comes down to the earth. So we'll, we'll go through this verse by verse. We're not going too deeply, but uh, just giving an overview so we can see like, what's happening in what order things are taking place. A lot of folks are um, kind of a, not, not afraid, but you know, it's intimidating or daunting or whatever you want to call it, the book of Revelation to study it and to understand. It's not hard to understand. It can't be hard to understand because the Lord says there's a blessing for those that read and those that hear and keep those things that are written therein. So we go through it. It goes chronologically. We've shown that and proved that it does not go into repetitions. It is a chronological uh, um, order through it in time. There are a lot of portions like uh, we're going to be coming up to chapter 17 and 18 with just as information on what's happening. It kind of takes us along the timeline and then steps us out of the timeline just to describe some things and introduce some other things and things like that. But um, other than that, it's, uh, it follows right along. Anyways, we'll get going. We'll have a word of prayer. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you again, Lord, for the day and for this time to gather together to study your word, Lord. We just pray that you'd help us again to understand these things, Lord, and we need the applications to our own lives. And Lord, we just pray that anybody listening that's not saved doesn't know Jesus Christ as Savior. They would see their need for the Savior, to be saved, to repent of their sins, to believe in Him and trust in Him as Savior. And for Christians, Lord, to be strengthened, to understand your word. And Lord, we just thank you now. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Now, these things are very appropriate for us to study out the book of Revelation because we look at our world round about us, and boy, it's a mess. Things are moving. Things are happening. Um, people trying to bring in great changes and such, bring in different governmental systems like communism and socialism and all that stuff, trying to make a, a, a push in. And tremendous, tremendous times we live in. Now, all these things are shown to us in the Bible, especially the book of Revelation shows us what's going to take place in the end. We're looking at these things that are uh, today. We're looking at the last seven plagues, the, uh, the vials of God's wrath, or bowls as they are called sometimes. The idea is that it's a shallow kind of a dish that uh, is very flat so that the contents can be emptied very quickly. That's the idea behind this. I call them bowls, you can call them what you like. That's what it is. And uh, we'll look at these last seven, and then Armageddon comes up, and then uh, uh, 
just some of the things about that. But anyway, we'll, we'll do this, chapter 16. Let's, let's have a look now. Our background in chapter 15 uh, was the introduction into the seven vials or bowls. And now we have the last of God's wrath. Now remember, we look at the book of Revelation. We take those basically three big sections. We look at the seven seals, which are not the wrath of God. The wrath of God doesn't happen until after the sun and the moon are darkened chapter 6 in uh, end of chapter 6 in the book of Revelation that's the seals have been opened and then that happens okay then the wrath comes and is introduced begins chapter 8 with the seven trumpets now an interesting thing we found out about the seven trumpets is that one-third of this is afflicted one-third of this one-third of this one-third of this in that we can see God's mercy in holding off his complete wrath upon this earth and he will pour out his wrath upon this earth the earth this unbelieving rebellious world that will not turn to him will not acknowledge him when he gives them all kinds of opportunities today the opportunity comes from the christian from the word of god from christian things round about okay and come a time when the believers will be removed from off this earth chapter 7 verse 14 and then the trumpets start but even in that God's mercy is seen with just he's not afflicting everything on the earth just thirds and bits of and the gospel will go forth by the 144,000 that will be sealed and go through that time of the trumpets and there will be um, even an angel flying through the midst of heavens in uh, chapter 14 verse 4 uh, verse 6 I think it is amazing thing to see and when we get to this portion here we see that God says this is poured out uh, without mixture it's the complete wrath of God the wrath of God is filled up is completed this is it and there's a warning goes out for people don't take the mark of the beast don't take it you'll be damning yourself to hell um, and well, let's get into this and we'll see how it goes here. So we're up to this bit. And I heard a great voice out of the temple. Now that temple is the temple in heaven, okay? It's not the temple that will be built upon earth or anything. He's talking about the temple in heaven. Um, a great voice, that mega, that huge voice. And that voice says, uh, saying to the seven angels, now these seven angels that have come out that were going to minister that last seven plagues. Notice they do it one thing at a time. God's the God of order. He doesn't, uh, confusion is not of God, that's of the enemy. Confusion comes from the enemy. Confusion and fear and destruction from the enemy. But here we see um, God says, one at a time, go your ways and pour out the vials of the wrath of God upon the earth. That wrath, it's an interesting word in our Bibles. We have, uh, basically we're looking at two different things. There's other words to look at. We have the wrath and the anger. Sometimes these get mixed up and such like that. But one means um, kind of a slow, sort of a smoldering thing of I'll get even sometime sort of thing. The other one's an explosive wrath of fury. And I believe we're dealing with that right here. It's just an explosive wrath. God's fury is a good word to uh, use to describe that. <clears throat> so we see this great voice. He says, go your ways and pour these out now. Uh, this voice from heaven uh, could be the voice of an angel it could be the voice of God because God does give angels and other creatures 
things to do to do his will and such. Like he's given us the gospel. He says, go and take it out there. Get it out. How you doing with that anyway? God says, get it out there. Do what you can. Get a tracks in your pocket. Hand them out. Talk to people. God says, that's for us to do. He could do it himself. He could boom his voice from heaven. He couldn't he? But he has decreed and said, this is how it's going to be. And uh, the second verse, and the first angel went. Okay, here we have the first of these seven deadly plagues in this orderly fashion, these bowls full of the wrath of God. And he poured out his vial upon the earth. And there fell a noisome and grievous sore upon uh, the men which had the mark of the beast and upon them which worship his image. They were told earlier, don't take that mark. But people don't, people don't listen. You have an angel flying in the midst of heaven people say, ah, I'm not going to listen to that. I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to do what I want to do. Oh, is that right? Okay, don't take any instructions at all. You're the smartest, you're the wisest, and everything else. Don't believe that there's a God. When all around us we see that everything is, is made by design. Everything didn't come to be just by itself. Nothing begets nothing. You see, they try and teach us, well, everything evolved. Well, yeah, everything came out of nothing. If you look and see that in all of our history and science and everything, nothing brings forth more nothing. <laughs> we are the product of design. The designer is God. That's just what it is. They poured out his vial upon the earth. They fell a noisome and grievous sore. Now that word noisome means it's bad in character. It's evil. It's harmful. And that grievous means it's painful, bad in effect, it's malignant. Uh, there'll be sores, they'll have these sores, these ulcerated sores, these wounds upon them. These ones that have taken the mark of the beast, or the number of his name, so on and so forth. They'll have this, they'll be affected, the first ones to be affected. Those which worshipped, will worship, this is the future. The image, remember back in chapter 13, that the, uh, the second beast, the false prophet, has the people uh, build and make an image, like an idol sort of thingy, to the first beast, the Antichrist guy. The people will worship that. Well, people bow down to idols today. There's all kinds of religions around about. They bow down to idols. They say, oh, we're worshiping God. Well, we're bowing down to idols. No, you're not. No, you're not. Don't fool yourself. You've been deceived. And there's the thing about this is deception it will come upon the whole world. People are being deceived right now, today, about things. Tremendous deception. The only thing that will keep you from it is the Word of God and God Himself. Get yourself into it. So these ones will have this poured upon them. They had the mark of the beast and the... Uh, worshipped the image of the beast. The first ones that will receive this complete uh, wrath of God, when I say complete, I mean without mixture, here it is. The second one, verse 3, and the second angel poured out his vial upon the sea. Now you'll notice some things being repeated upon the sea, upon the fountains of water, and so on and so forth. And we saw that back with the trumpets where the Lord affected the, the sea, the fountains of water, the rivers, and so on and so forth. But only in a third. Here it's not a third. He's going to let them have it right here. 
Uh, the second bowl uh, poured out upon the sea. Actually, that word upon is the, has the idea, not the idea, the word there, as the Spirit of God gave it, means into, poured into the sea. So we get an idea of upon it. The idea is, the idea behind the word is it's into. But it became as the blood of a dead man. What's, what's the blood of a dead man like? Do you know what happens to blood when it's like laying around on a dead body and stuff? It starts to stink. After four days, he stinketh, it says about Lazarus. A foul stink. That coagulated, thick, stinking mess it becomes. And every living thing in the sea died. And that's a terrible thing. That, that's, that's, you know, that, that in itself is, is a horrible thing. But remember, this is God's earth. These are God's animals in the sea. And he can do with whatever he wants. And all the, the, uh, the people around the earth that uh, do all this screaming and yelling about, oh, save this and save the whales and save this and save that. Well, yeah, they shouldn't be, they shouldn't be mistreated or anything like that. But you've got to remember, there's something a little bit higher than that. God says, if you won't look to him, won't acknowledge him, won't deal with your sins. He says, I'm going to do have to deal with it. The judge will have to give sentence. And here's what happens. Poured out upon every living thing in the sea dies. The third bowl, verse 4, upon the rivers and fountains of waters. Now remember, my nose is itchy. Just excuse me while I, <laughs> while I just fix this. Sorry for that. It has to be done sometimes. The third bowl upon the rivers and fountains of waters. Now he starts with the, the seas and then works backwards. We have today the hydrologic cycle, which is what God um, he gave to the earth. So we have that cycle. It's not something that came about naturally. It's his design. That the water evaporates, goes up, and it rains down, it runs down into streams and rivers which flow into the lakes and seas. He starts from the seas and works his way back. And you note that in chapter 8, in the second trumpet, well, as I said earlier, one-third of the sea uh, is turned to blood, and one-third of the creatures die. Here the whole thing is affected. The whole thing is afflicted. Um, chapter 4, the third angel poured out his vial upon the rivers and fountains of waters, and they became blood. Also note that it's, uh, there's some repetitions here. It looks like some of the plagues upon Egypt way back in um, Exodus. There was ten plagues, and it's been said that God was afflicting the ten major uh, idols and gods of Egypt with each of those plagues. Whatever, if that's the truth or not, but it seemed to be. But... Um, the rivers and fountains of waters, there's a complete destruction here. They became blood. The bloodthirsty inhabitants of the earth are going to get what they want. That they want to, you want to live bloodthirsty lives and look around about the wars, the killings, the murders. You know why that takes place? Because there's no fear of God and there's no thought of God. If people thought about God and, and the consequences and such, and eternity without God, eternity in hell, and the lake of fire, and stuff like that, People would shake in their boots. They would never lift their hand against their neighbor. But today, people don't know God. They don't care. They don't want. They don't want to know. He's going to give them blood to drink. 
You like bloodthirsty, you're bloodthirsty, you like bloodshed so much, you look at our uh, entertainment and such around about, just bloodthirsty, murders, murders, murders. He says, you like it so much, then I'm going to give you that to drink. That's all you're going to get. Verse 5, the angel, the messenger of the water says, that is, this is the angel of the third bowl there, the third plague. He says, Thou art righteous, O Lord, which are and was and shall be. In other words, God is justified. The angel's declaring that God is justified in doing this, what he's going to do. He's justified. As we said earlier, he owns everything anyways. You know, he owns that ground you walk on. He owns that air that we breathe. This is God made all things. I don't care what the evolutionists say. They don't know anything. They've been deceived. Deception. Two seconds after they're dead, they're going to know that they were wrong. That's too late then. Now is the day of salvation. Turn to the Lord now. Get a Bible and start reading it. We see here the principle of sowing and reaping. Bloodthirsty people, they're going to get just that. God says, whatever you sow, you're going to reap that, you know. And right now, you and I, as we talked earlier, you and I are planting seeds. We are sowing seeds in our lives, seeds of whatever attitudes and actions that we take and such. You're going to reap a harvest of those things. You've got a bad attitude about somebody or something else. You're going to reap that. You're going to have a harvest of that come back on you. It's something God has placed is a natural law in, in, the, in the earth, and it's a spiritual law in our lives, the principle of sowing and reaping. You do bad, and bad things are going to come back. But God is righteous, verse 6, he says, God is righteous, for they have shed the blood of saints and prophets. What's going to happen, now, from our standpoint here, when the Lord starts opening those seals, and that Antichrist guy goes forth and conquering and bringing everything into his one world government, one world religion, one world economic system. There's no place for the things of God. He wants the things of God to be eradicated, things of Christ gone and done. And there's going to be a lot of people killed. And there's going to be wars and such anyway. It's just over and over again. And here they have shed the blood of saints and of prophets. He says, Thou hast given them blood to drink, for they're worthy of it. That's what they want. The principle of sowing and reaping, folks. You don't get anything else out of this. Get that one. You think about it. Genesis chapter 1 talks about it. Galatians chapter 6 talks about it. Okay. The principle of sowing and reaping. God is righteous because the earth dwellers... The devil worshippers they will be, and people are today even worshipping the devil. But at that time, you see, the devil is going to be the one that gives power to the Antichrist. He's going to be the one that's uh, worshipped. He wants that worship for himself. They're going to be devil worshippers, and they will shed the blood of saints, the blood of prophets. And he'll just give this to them. Remember back in chapter 6, verse uh, 9, uh, and 10, when the fifth seal was opened, John saw the souls under the altar, and they were saying, How long, O Lord, does that not, does thou not avenge our blood upon the earth? Okay, you see that? And here God is avenging them right here. Verse 7, and I heard another out of the altar say, Even so, Lord God Almighty, true and righteous are thy judgments. And we mentioned last time that 
what kind of a judge would it be? And we have judges like that in our court systems that uh, some that, not all of them, you know, there are some, it only takes one bad apple to make a mess of things, uh, that don't hand forth proper judgments and they let criminals go out. They're looking today, I read a thing the other day, I didn't read it, I saw the headline about they're going to open up some the jails and let some of the perverts go and some of the criminals and stuff. What? Why? That's, the Bible talks about in the book of Haggai that the law is slacked and wrong judgment does proceed. It's because they don't know God, they don't fear God, and they don't want to know Him because they're having fun doing what they're doing. If they're going to pay someday, they're going to pay. And I heard another uh, out of the altar say, Even so, Lord God Almighty, true and righteous are thy judgments. And we get down to, um, we can see that from that bit, that those in heaven attest to the fact that the plague is very grievous. It's hard, it's harsh, and it's necessary. And those upon the earth, in God's estimation, deserve it. Hard stuff. Hard stuff to swallow. Hard stuff to understand. Nations that keep on going against God, kicking Him out, turning Him away. The Bible says in the Psalms, the nations that forget God will be turned into hell. Uh, verse 8, we have the fourth bowl upon the sun. The fourth angel poured out his vial upon the sun, and power was given unto him to scorch men with fire. Now this is interesting here. And the plagues continue, we're up to the fourth upon the sun. Uh, this is the real global warming. Okay, we have today, the earth goes through cycles, you know, they used to talk about it back in the 20s, it was in a big cycle, and then it dropped down, it went cold, back and forth, all, it does it all the time. But God is going to do something, it's going to be one of the plagues, in that the sun is going to start putting out a lot more heat than it does today. Perhaps it's going to go into a supernova kind of thing, I don't know. Because the Bible, you check it out, the Bible talks about God is going to renovate the earth by fire. He's going to do that. Second Peter, check it out. They're going to be scorched. People are going to be scorched. The earth renovated by fire. Actually, chapter 22 of Revelation, uh, verse 5, talks about there will be no light from the sun. That may not be necessary. Perhaps, just perhaps, the old sun's just going to, going to burn out. You know, a light bulb burns brightest before it goes out, so they say. Burns up, but then burns out. Listen to this from 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 10 to 13. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with a fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burnt up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we according to his promise look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwells righteousness. We go over to verse 9 now, and men were scorched with great heat, and what was their response? What will people's response be? You'll notice today people blame God for everything, every problem that comes along. Well, he's going to send some problems in the future, and they're going to 
and they're going to turn to him, right? No, they're not. They're going to curse his name. Isn't that an amazing thing? You see, people won't believe in God. They don't want to believe in God. The Bible says in John 3, 19, and this is the condemnation, that light has come into the world, but men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. People like their lives. They like their sin. They like the evil. They like dead things. They like all that. And there's going to come a time when God says, enough. I'm sorry, enough. Mankind is scorched with great heat and they turn and they blaspheme, they curse the name of God. Well, people do that now. They use Jesus Christ's names for a curse word. Do you do that? You don't know what you're doing. You're piling up, you're piling up stuff against yourself. Now that time when God's going to ask an account of every word that's spoken. Use Jesus' name for a cuss word need to trust in Christ and have your sins forgiven. Turn away from that. They blaspheme the name of God who has authority over these plagues. God has the authority. And they repented not. They didn't give God glory or the future. They won't, they won't do that. They don't now. They're not going to then. The devil's going to rule. Things are going to be different. People are very reluctant to turn to him. All his witnesses have been removed. These ones that take the mark of the beast, they're done for. I guess they can't repent anyways. They can't turn at that point. God has commanded all men everywhere to repent and believe the gospel. People say, well, I'm not going to do that. You can't command me. It's for our own good. It's for your good to be with God, to have your sins forgiven, but to flee the wrath to come. People, there's something coming down the road. We can see it changing in the world. The world's changing and it's setting up these things to come. It won't be long. Flee the wrath to come. The only safety is in Jesus Christ who took the wrath of God upon him at the cross of Calvary, paid for your sins, my sins, and everybody's on the cross, died on the cross, was buried in the tomb, rose from the dead on the third day. And God says, will you accept, will you believe, will you put your faith in my son, Jesus Christ? Repent, give him glory, believe in Christ. These ones in the future won't do that. Verse 10, And the fifth angel poured out his vial upon the seat of the beast, and his kingdom was full of darkness. You go back to Exodus, there's one of the plagues upon Egypt. It was a, a darkness it, it's so thick. We were uh, on our way to Florida one time. We stopped in somewhere in Tennessee. There's a hidden lake or something down. You go down in pathways way way down in and they show us and they shut off the lights and they show you what complete darkness is I mean you can't tell up or down or this way or that you don't you're totally disoriented it's amazing and God's gonna do that he's gonna destroy the throw of the beast throne he's gonna pour out this plague the fifth one upon the seat of the beast now it's interesting to note, if you go back to chapter 13 and verse 2, it tells us that the dragon, who is the devil, gives the Antichrist his seat. God says, oh yeah? Watch this. And he pours out this plague right directly upon the throne. God's going to deal with the devil. He's going to deal with the Antichrist. He's going to deal with those that follow. People think it's funny. They think it's fun to... to, to uh, uh, have an affinity towards things like the 666 and things like that, you know. 
It's not funny. God's going to deal with it. Don't poke God in the eye. You won't get away with it. God destroys the beast throne. The kingdom is full of darkness. The beast kingdom. Now, is this a, a centralized local thing or is it worldwide? Well, we read our Bible and we understand that the devil deceives and he has sway over all the nations of the world. Okay? So probably worldwide. Like the plagues of Egypt. God afflicted and destroyed the gods of Egypt uh, one by one. Um, verse 10 continued, And they gnawed their tongues for pain. You need to stop thinking about that. How much pain would you have to have that you start chewing it? It's so much you chew on your tongue. Boy. Their sores will be painful. Uh, it's a, it means distress, a painful distress. The sores that they'll have from the previous plague that's poured out upon them will be excruciating. Now, I stopped thinking about that word excruciate. You know where the derivative, that's a derivative of something else? And that word crucify. We get that word excruciating to describe like a pain. It's excruciating comes from, it's derivative from crucify. Perhaps the pain that Jesus felt on the cross, it would be excruciating to have nails through your hands and your feet. And to have that crown of thorns jammed down over your head. It would have been excruciating. And I was thinking this, just perhaps, just perhaps, the pain that Jesus felt upon cross. Maybe they're going to feel it in the future there. The wrath of God. I don't know. Verse 11. They nod their tongues for pain and they blaspheme the God of heaven because of their pains. See, they're just cursing God. Some people that's all they like to do is curse and find fault from everybody else and everything else and blame God. The second time this is mentioned, verse 9 says the same thing. Because of their pains, because of their sores. The reaction of the ungodly is to blaspheme and to curse, to blame God, and to blame Him for all their troubles. But he warned them and gave them sufficient information and time to turn from their wicked ways, but they would not. The gospel of Christ comes to them and they mock it. I remember going to um, an individual's house one time and there were two or three guys there and these guys like to, you like to drink and carry on, you know. And I shared the gospel with them. And they snickering and laughing amongst themselves. I thought this was funny. They're all dead now. And if they didn't get saved, they would understand. And they would wish at that time that they had have trusted in Christ. Don't blame God for your troubles. Verse 12. The uh, sixth angel. You might not get this done here today. The sixth angel poured out his vial upon the river Euphrates, and the water there was dried up, that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. Now we're going into something else. This is the sixth angel, the Euphrates River, dried up. Well, how did it get dried up? Don't forget, the sun is just scorching. I guess the water is going to evaporate quickly. Anyway, the Euphrates River is going to be gone, and the kings of the east are going to come across, because God's going to gather them. He's going to gather all the armies of the world to one place, that uh, place in Megiddo, or however you say that, you know as Armageddon. 
that's going to do that. Gather them together. This is a preparation for the battle of Armageddon, that that Euphrates River is going to be dried up, that they can come over there. You know what they're going to do? He's going to gather them. Jesus Christ is going to be returning. He's going to be in the clouds. They've seen him already, and there he is, and they're going to gather to fight against him. You talk about deceived. You talk about foolishness. They're going to fight against God. And look, we go on from here. Now, the Lord's going to bring them together and deal with it. Now, let's just go down through. This is a, the, the second section of this chapter. Um, verse 12, uh, the six seals poured out. The rivers dried up. They can gather them together. Verse 13, I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouths of the dragon, that's the devil himself, out of the beast, that's the antichrist and the false prophet. Three unclean spirits. You may have used or heard that, got a frog in my throat. It comes from that. It means there's something bad, something evil in there. And these ones, he said, John says, I saw this and these things came out of them. They looked like frogs. Well, let's look and see what these things do. Verse 14, For they are the spirits of devils working miracles, which go forth unto the kings of the earth and the whole world. They're going to influence the whole world. Just three of them? Oh, yeah. Tremendous influence upon people. You look at how things today, how people will follow and comply to things. People will follow along, say what, what a government says or something, things that are, have nothing to do with laws and such. How people can follow along, people will follow this or that. It's amazing. These ones are going to deceive and they're going to be deceived to think that they can gather together. The earth's inhabitants are going to gather together like they're trying to do today, bring like through the United Nations and stuff, bring all the nations together. They will do it. But what an arrogance to think that they can control weather and everything else. And they are being deceived by evil spirits. The Bible tells us that in Ephesians chapter 6, down around verse 12 in there somewhere. Anyway, let's get back to this. The kings of the earth are going to gather them together. These spirits go forth working miracles. Uh, there's going to be miracles done to deceive. deception upon the whole world to gather them together. God's going to allow them to be deceived and going to gather them together to one place, the Battle of Armageddon. Um, if you're writing things down, write down Ezekiel chapter 39 verses 1 to 22. We don't have time to go over that right now. You read that. Ezekiel 39 verses 1 to 22 describes Armageddon. Okay? Describes it. Verse 15, uh, the Lord says, I come as a thief. Behold, I come as a thief. That's quickly, that's unexpectedly. Verse, uh, uh, chapter 3, verse 3 says it repeats, is, this is a repeat of that. Blessed is he that watches. How do you watch? Well, the idea is watching unto prayer. Watch in prayer. Keep yourself close to the Lord. Keep your garbage. Now this, this verse seems to be right out of time, like right out of place. I believe he's just taken this as a, uh, an exhortation for God's people. Okay? 
read through this stuff and it's heavy stuff and he says right now this is what you need to do right now he says, the Lord's coming back you be watching you be praying keep your garments James chapter 1 verse 27 talks about keep yourself unspotted from the world check it out James 127 I believe the, the, the verse is lest he walk naked and they see his shame and then back into this about Armageddon verse 16 the Lord God gathers them together, gathers them together into this place called, in the Hebrew tongue, Armageddon. And the seventh angel, we're down to one more now, the seventh angel poured out his bowl into the air and declares, it is done. That's the wrath of God is done, it's finished, God's done dealing with the world. Remember earlier on it said that at Armageddon, the blood was going to flow up to the uh, up to the height of the horse's bridles and about 200 miles long. In other words, he's just going to squash them in the, in the wine press of the wrath of God. That chapter 14 or 15, I forget. He pours out his uh, uh, vial into the air. It is finished. God's wrath is finished. God, the plagues are done. There's no more to come. He's opening up the way for Christ to come back down now. He's going to destroy them, at the armies at Armageddon. Verse 18, it talks about voices and thunders and a great earthquake larger than anything that's ever been upon this earth since mankind's been upon the earth. The greatest earthquake. And he talks about and shows us the extent of this earthquake. The great city, verse 19, that's Jerusalem. How do you know it's Jerusalem? Because back in chapter 11, verse 8, Jerusalem is called the great city. Okay? So that's Jerusalem. Because it's the focal point, isn't it? Back to Daniel, chapter 9, verse 24. Seventy weeks are determined upon thy people and upon the holy city, which is Jerusalem. Jerusalem's going to be uh, affected. It says all the cities fell. I mean, this is a big earthquake. The whole earth is going to shake. The Bible talks about when God stands up and shakes the earth and the heaven. Could you imagine? We see earthquakes today that are just localized. He's going to shake everything. Total destruction of this, of this system that's around about us. Everything about it. And it's going to burn up. Babylon, the religious representative of Babylon today, things like, uh, if you look, look through and study, uh, an excellent book to look that up is um, The Two Babylons which, uh, by Mr. Hislop, written in the 1800s. It speaks of Rome. In fact, Rome is mentioned in chapter 17 here, and the description of some of the things that uh, are going to take place. Babylon is the, re the religious representation of Babylon and those things mixed into, and they took Christianity and mixed in with it and got, got a mess. They're going to drink of the wine of the fierceness of the wrath of God. These aren't things to be taken lightly. Some, some people would laugh today and say, oh, that's impossible, that's ridiculous. The Bible is the word of God. The prophecies that are in here, many have been fulfilled. A thousand years before Jesus Christ was upon the earth, there were prophecies in the Bible of Christ and his birth. 
750 years before Jesus was upon this earth, the prophet Isaiah spoke of him. Uh, the Psalms talk of the things that he would say on the cross. It's amazing, amazing, amazing. All the cities fell, Babylon would be done. Verse 20, the islands will disappear. Disappear under the water, I guess. The mountains will crumble from this shaking, this earthquake. And verse 21 talks about a great hail from heaven. A great hail. It says, hailstones the weight of a talent. Now I looked up in Webster's Dictionary, my copy is in 1958 or whatever, it doesn't matter. And it says that a talent is the... Uh, uh, is about 57 pounds in our understanding. That's a pretty big hailstone. It's just going to pound everything to pieces. And again, verse 21, after the hail and every stone about the weight of a talent, and men blaspheme God because of the plague of the hail. For the plague thereof was exceeding great. And people are going to die at that time. And while they're cursing God, can you imagine they die cursing God and then the next thing you know they're standing before Him. The conclusion. Uh, these are future events. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Flee the wrath to come. You may mock at these things. You've got to remember the Bible is special. You know it's special. People know in their hearts. They used to have in courtrooms, people put their hand on the Bible and swear on the Bible. They knew it was special. It's from God. It's talking about the wrath of God that's going to come upon this evil and wicked world. And he's going to deal with it. But today is the day of salvation. There's time today. God's giving grace and room for people today to turn to him. And the world is drawing nearer and nearer and nearer to this time of global government, global economy, global religion. That's the end. That's the Antichrist's uh, system, which is going to replace the current systems we have today. And then God's going to deal with the earth. The devil's already deceiving people and nations. But it will only be short-lived. It will only be for a few years. God always has the final say. Will you be there during this time? Will you be one of the ones that oppose God and blasphemes His name? Or are you one of the ones that have found peace and found forgiveness through faith in Jesus Christ and shelter from the storm that's coming through Jesus Christ our Savior, the Son of God who gave Himself for us? That's chapter 16 in a nutshell, just a brief overview of it. Thank you very much for allowing me to bring this to you and for you watching it. I don't know if there's many that watch it, but even if one person is affected by it and turns to the Lord, some unsaved person or some Christian, there's just strengthened. It says, enough's enough. I'm going I'm to live for the Lord. I'm going to walk with Him. I'm turning my back on this old world and looking to Jesus and go on with Him. Lord bless you, folks. See you next time. And uh, keep reading your Bible and watching unto prayer. Okay? Thank you very much. Bye now.